Hello, everyone, and welcome to NEPA Sports Stories. My name is Matt Buffano, and I am literally dusting the microphone off as the host of this podcast, where we interview sports figures of all eras, all positions, and all sports with ties to Northeast Pennsylvania. This is episode 42, and today's guests are brothers Matt and Ryan Mayers of Wilkesbury, the community they love so much they made a movie about its football rivalry. And right off the top, I'm just going to talk a little bit about coming back here. Like I said, I dusted the microphone off. It's been five or six months since I last recorded an episode of NEPA Sports Stories. But people were listening. Even when no new content was coming out, Anchor.fm, which is the platform I use for distribution, it showed that there were several hundred streams of NEPA Sports Stories in the past few months, which to me shows that the podcast was fulfilling its purpose of giving you evergreen content. These interviews that aren't reacting to the day's events so much as giving you context about some very important people, important subjects, important stories that I just think uh, deserve to be documented. And also, I always talk about leaving ratings and reviews. NEPA Sports Stories, when we last recorded an episode, had 21 or 22 ratings on Apple Podcasts. Well, now it's up to 26. So it makes my day to know that people were listening to and enjoying NEPA Sports Stories, even when I wasn't actively working on it. But if you do enjoy this show, please consider subscribing to NEPA Sports Stories wherever you are listening. The fact that you're listening to this right now means you know how to subscribe, you know how to access podcasts. So if you subscribe, you'll find a vast library of past episodes, and you will also be immediately notified when new episodes are released. This is no longer a weekly podcast show. I'm going to say it'll be more like monthly or a couple times a year maybe, whenever I feel like it. And I felt like it with this episode because Hustle and Harmony really speaks to what this podcast is about. It speaks to my interests, and that's what I'm doing this. I'm doing it for my interests, but knowing and hoping that you find these interviews interesting as well. Uh, You could also show NEPA Sports Story some love and support by liking and following our pages on Facebook and Instagram, as well as leaving a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts, or simply tell a friend about our show and share a link with them. With no further ado, let's get into it. Here is my interview with Matt and Ryan Mayers. Welcome to NEPA Sports Stories. And before we even introduce you and let you introduce yourselves, I just want to say, you know, I think that this podcast is at its best. And I'm at my most interested when we're talking about all three things in the title, NEPA, sports, and stories. And I think you guys are just as passionate as I am about sharing local sports tales. So I'm really looking forward to this. So Matt, I want to let you introduce yourself first. Just a brief introduction. Sure. I'm a filmmaker, producer. I uh, graduated from Pitt. Um, I live outside New York City, Manhattan, and I am a Myers uh, grad in 1997, class of 97. Um, also captain of the team, which is all, all these things are sort of what led us to telling this story, which, you know, we'll get into in a few. All right. And how about you, Ryan? Same thing. 
Yeah, first of all, I just want to say that those three things might be my favorite things too. Northeast PA, uh, football and, and stories. Um, and uh, you know, although I don't live in, uh, in Wilkes-Barre anymore, there's still a deep love for Wilkes-Barre in the, in the uh, Northeast Pennsylvania area, Wyoming Valley. I graduated from Myers in 94, grew up in South Wilkes-Barre, went to Penn State. I spent time in New York, Chicago, and then I'm, um, I'm in Baltimore right now. That's where I live currently. But like Matt said, you know, being a captain of the team, uh, playing for Coach Gorm, having those experiences just kind of, you know, they, they stuck with, with us, you know, and they're still there, probably in a deeper way than we ever thought. Ryan, since you're the big brother, I'll tee up first here. What is uh, Hustle and Harmony? You know, where did the idea come from? to make this a film? Were, were there different ideas you had over the years and, and it got changed into something else? Just what were the origins of the story that you're telling here? Yeah, it's kind of funny. I mean, for years, you know, Matt and I are always talking about movie ideas and like, oh, what if we did that? What if we did this? And the idea of making a movie about high school football was always something that was, you know, on the forefront of our minds. And we never really could figure it out, like what that story would be. We had some ideas of uh, possibly telling a story about a coach coming out of retirement, two brothers playing on a team together. In my um, freshman year, Coach Mickey Gorm came out of retirement, and uh, it was a big kind of opportunity to play for this guy who was a legend in the Wyoming Valley. And that experience really informed so much of my adulthood, you know, playing for, the, for Mickey Gorm and, and learning those life lessons that he taught in the locker room and being a part of that team and that culture. So we had this idea floating around of what if we made a movie about Myers in some way, but we didn't know what, what that would be. And that kind of bounced around for years. And then a few years ago, we heard the rumor that Myers might be closing and consolidating with GER and Coughlin. And it was like, wow, you know, <laughs> it was something that we really hadn't, I mean, we really hadn't considered what that would mean if that would if that were to happen it really was the beginning of the idea of okay what if we make this into a documentary what if we just film the last season of the Myers uh, football program and then film the, the last game against GR in order to try to show what that meant to us you know what that what playing for Myers meant what the rivalry with GR meant and what football meant in the Wyoming Valley you know because it was such a big part of our lives now, this is, of course, too big to even um, address in a, a quick amount of time. But Matt, to the best that you could in a short amount of time, what is Myers football? What is GAR football? You know, a lot of college and professional sports teams, they kind of develop a personality, uh, a certain type of player that comes through there. How would you describe Myers football and GAR football? It's a great question. And to be honest, it's really hard to describe. And, and to, to, to go back to what Ryan was saying, we always had this idea to tell the story of our high school football experience. But the hardest thing was pinpointing how to how to do that. What was that? How do you define that? Um, so, you know, when we sort of got pulled back into this world of high school football, um, and for me, it was something I didn't know if I was ready to do or not. It was something I've been so far removed from. Just the idea of spending that much time, that the amount of time we knew it would take to tell the story, um, going back and forth to Wilkes-Barre. But like Ryan said, the second you walk into that locker room, it all comes flooding back. 
So a lot of this was exploring what does that mean and what is, what does Myers football mean? What does it mean to have played football in that area, which I think is really unique, you know, the, the, the way football was handled, the way it was covered, the way it was recruited, you know, there was just a really interesting uh, world of football in the Wyoming Valley that not a lot of people know about, yet people know of players that came out of that town. Um, then the other end of it was what what is GAR, you know, something, a school that was so close to us geographically and yet, and, and you know, even personally, we had our, both of our grandparents were GAR alum. Um, so many of our friends were either went to GAR, kids that we grew up with, um, or had parents that went to GAR, vice versa. Yet we knew so little about the traditions and and stuff that went on in that locker room. So it was really interesting to be able to explore not only what Myers meant and you know what actually, what we took out of that locker room that defined us as people as we moved through life, but how similar it was to the traditions that came out of the GAR locker room that we really didn't know a lot about. So it was uh, not just sort of diving into what it meant to us, finding out, you know, how that tradition sort of permeated across different schools and throughout this town that was sort of divided by this uh this sort of imaginary conflict that was really just created over the years, you know, in a town that was so close, so closely knitted geographically. And like we said, like with families and, and friends and neighbors and stuff like that, all, all intermingling at two different schools. I just want, I want to say GER was the enemy. Like they were hated by the people in South Wolfsburg and vice versa, you know, people from the Heights. It, it was this, uh, love hate thing where you knew that the people from GER were your brothers you played probably in a little league with them you probably know them from you know around the neighborhood or possibly even elementary school there were people I, I went to elementary school with that went to GER and it becomes this thing where you're almost so similar that it's like playing against your brother or sister and then and then that makes the the conflict even more special you want to win even that much more but yeah. we never realized how much the traditions were actually intertwined, how many of the traditions were similar at J.R. and Myers, the way that they had pep rallies, the way that they had their bonfires. I mean, we would never have seen a J.R. bonfire as a student at Myers. Yet as a filmmaker, you're there and it's reminding you exactly of what goes on down the hill. And you're realizing these guys were doing the same things we did. You know, it's kind of funny because in a million years. So foreign, they seem so foreign to you growing up you know, less than a mile away. It's really interesting to us. You, you would never in a million years go to a GER bonfire as a Myers student. Like you wouldn't even attempt to do that. <laughs> and maybe some of the continuity between the programs has something to do. There's many iconic figures on both sides. I think Mickey Gorham might be the most iconic of them all, perhaps. He coached for 24 years at Myers. I believe it was the better part of the 60s, 70s, 80s, came back for two seasons, 90, 91. But he was a GAR graduate himself. Uh, could, just could one of you tell us a little bit about Mickey Gorham? Because now we're a generation or two removed from him. Uh, just remind people why he's such an important figure in local sports. Well, that's a tough one. I mean, he, he did, you know, cast a huge shadow in local sports in terms of trying to live up to that legacy. I know for myself, having the experience of playing for him, it was just one of those things that uh, you would hear, you would heard the stories about him, you know, how he was this larger than life guy. And we, we knew him from gym class. He was our gym teacher and he was, he was, a, he ended up being a principal at the school. But um, when you play for him on the team, you get to know a different side of him because he had that side where he was strict and, 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 uh, you know, he could be aggressive if, if you weren't listening or if you didn't, you know, if you don't like the way you were doing but he was also the kindest, most uh, 
you know, loving guy. And he really cared about everybody, not just the players, but everybody that, you know, and I, I would say not even at Myers, he cared about players and, and students from other schools in the area. He, he would help out people going to different football camps or helping them get recruited. So he really was a, a great man for the area. Um, his background, he played for GER. He was a star uh, lineman for GER and he ended up going to the University of Notre Dame, um, played for a few years. Then came back to the Wyoming Valley and and uh, and and I, he started I think as an assistant coach for Myers if I'm not wrong I, mean, I might be wrong but but in the early '60s and then eventually became the head coach at Myers and and one of his players was Charlie Fick who ended up becoming a legendary coach at GER so that's the interesting side of it going back even a generation earlier Luther Richards was a was a star Myers football player from back in the '30s. And ended up being a GER coach who was a legendary coach in that time in the style of Mickey Gorm. And that's probably where Mickey Gorm learned a lot of his coaching techniques because he played for Luther Richards in the 50s. So it's really interesting. Yeah, I guess we dug into the history of all this stuff, you know, trying to find out where a lot of these sayings came from. You know, we would find a lot of stuff, you know, Charlie took from the Myers locker room, a lot of stuff Mickey took from Coach Richards. And, you know, it's just it's very incestuous how these things start passing, getting passed around. At the same time, there's not a lot of other schools I know that really have that kind of, uh, you know, there's this like this richness in, in not just the way you play football, but it's the way you carry yourself off the field. And so one thing Mickey really valued was how his players acted off the field and how they were as men, how they carry themselves as, as men throughout life. To us, that was something that we wanted to explore, you know, because we still feel a lot of those things that we felt back, back in, on the, in our football days. We still value a lot of those sayings, a lot of those uh, philosophies that were instilled. Um, we, carry, we carry them with us without even realizing it. So it was interesting to go back and look and realizing that a lot of the stuff that we know and that we, that we practice, that we pass on to our kids, you know, where did this come from? You know, where did Mickey get it from? Where did Coach Richards get it from? Um, so it was really fun to explore some of these themes. Yeah, and that's why you got to go back, like Ryan said, to the 1930s. And as I was getting ready to do this interview, I was on newspapers.com and I noticed several articles that I was reading were already clipped by one of you. It was like Mayors was the last <laughs> name on the account. So clearly, you guys, you did your archive work. What did you learn about those early days? Is there anything, you know, how big of a part of your film did like the origins? of it all play. I know obviously you focus a lot on the last season, the very last game, you know, the Ishmael's, the Skrepnak's, the Dudish, all these guys. But when it comes to like the origins and the really way back, what could you tell us about that period? I was just going to say that, unfortunately, because it's so long ago, a lot of those players and coaches don't live anymore. You know, they're, they're not around anymore. So um, we tried to get stories from, from people that were around. Um, you know, Charlie Fick and, and some people from that generation, you know, you hear stories and we definitely heard stories. Um, we talked to uh, one of our um, former coaches was Gene Maffei, who was a star quarterback for Myers in the 80s. His dad played for GR with Coach Gorham in the 50s. So he told us some of those stories, uh, how the stands would be packed. or There were 10, 15,000 people in, in Wolfsburg Memorial Stadium um, when there were stands on both sides. There, were, there was the Thanksgiving game. G.R. Myers was played on Thanksgiving for years until the state playoffs came into, into being. Um, those stories, you know, about how, you know, the entire community would 
would kind of uh, come to the games, no matter, you know, if they had a son playing on the team or not, they would come to the games. It was just the thing to do on a Friday night or Saturday afternoon. And that Myers GR game was just the biggest event in Wilkes-Barre. It's hard to really talk about that now because, you know, for us playing in the nineties, it wasn't at that level. I mean, it was still big, but it wasn't at that level where you had 10,000 people. And for players that played in the last five or 10 years, they don't even know a sampling of it because Myers stadium had the home stands ripped out about 15 years ago or so. So it was not the same atmosphere, you know, that even we played with, let alone the, the you know, the players and coaches in the thirties and forties. So, uh, it was really an amazing, magical legacy that, that all these schools uh, left. And those stories are, are it, the fact that they're disappearing because people are passing away, time is passing. That was part of the impetus to want to capture it. Matt, we mentioned 12,000. I think at one time it was 12,000 seating and you get 15,000 people in there. Um, and Ryan touched on this, that it wasn't quite like that when you were growing up in the 80s and early 90s. But what was it about that atmosphere and being a part of that small community? Like when you think back to growing up, what was it that really made you fall in love with your school, fall in love with this rivalry? For me, it was walking outside on a Friday night and hearing the band play and turning the corner and seeing the lights from the stadium down the street. You know, you could really hear that and see that from any part of South Wilkesbury. So there was, like Ryan said, you know, that stadium was special. Not a lot of towns have a have a, a college style stadium like that for three schools in in one small geographic area that everyone could really walk to the games and meet up with friends afterwards. And we we did have the home side was still there when we played in high school. We got to play to some full, you know, some some packed games and there's no way to describe that feeling that energy you know running there's a tunnel that goes up the middle of the stadium when you're coming out to see the people above you cheering down I mean you feel like you're a professional player so as a kid you see that and it seems larger than life and then it's an attainable dream it's something that you feel like you know you can actually be a part of when you join the team and then and then you're a part of it and then you know, something that we didn't learn until much, much later, like just recently making this movie, is that once you're part of that legacy, you're part of something forever. And it's fraternity, it's a fraternity. It's some of these guys wanted to come out and help us do this movie just because we were Myers Mohawks. You know, and these guys were just Myers alum. This is GAR too. And you know, the thing that got me was that Thanksgiving Day game to see how big it was and how far back it goes. And when you go up to GAR and they still have these old you know, these old pigskin footballs with the date of the, you know, 1930, 1940, you know, and they still have the score and the record up to that date of what the record was for Thanksgiving. And, you know, they've kept track of that and it's, and it's sacred to them. You just realize you're a part of something so much bigger than you ever realized when you were in it. And you could just follow up on that because there was a history that existed long before us. You you start really diving into it. When you're a player, you'd hear stories about Mickey Dudish or you'd hear stories about Charlie Wysocki or, or Rocket Ismail, who, you know, and Kadri Ismail, who Matt and I grew up going to the games and watching. Then you'd hear stories from like way back, you know, from the 50s and 60s, like George Gimble and Charlie Fick and these things. You realize that there was a history there. And then, like Matt said, you realize later on that not only does it transcend high school? Like it, it becomes something that you're that's part of you forever. 
but you also realize that um, that that's not something that everybody has. Like, you know, I, I mean, at least for me, I took it for granted being in high school. And even in the few years after, you kind of like take it for granted. But as you move through life, you realize that those relationships uh, aren't commonplace. Those type of bonds that that we made at Myers. So, you know, we see people now that we've graduated with. We may have not seen them for 15, 20 years, but it feels like we just saw them yesterday. And there's a and there's a brotherhood and a bond and a and a, you know a, there's a connection that really is is hard to explain. Plus, luckily, just with the timing of everything and when this happened, and social media and everything, we kept in touch with a lot of our friends from high school and you know uh, reconnected with a lot of them. And a lot of them are still in our hometown and still work at, at work at the high schools at both the high schools. So, on top of uh, you know knowing the coaches, getting to know the players. We got pretty much all access to go in and out of these schools and kind of follow for one year, which is really kind of unheard of as filmmakers to be able to just kind of walk into a place when you want, you know, when you show up and you and you want to start filming. But, um, you know, we got to know everybody on a whole new level. We got to know these young players and to see this whole new generation and, and to see them coming together to see these schools merging, which is something they've talked about since we were in school there. They talked about this merger, but to see it actually happening and these kids that were underclassmen that were rivals now coming together the next year and playing together. It was really inspiring to us to see our communities sort of coming together for a common cause, despite all the hurdles it took to sort of get to that point. Yeah, and you see how much this means to people with just the fact that that final game between GAR and Myers, the honorary captains on both sides, Greg Skrepnak, Shakir Soto and Harold Jackson for GAR, the Ishmael's Rocket and Kadri plus Mickey Dudish for Myers. I mean, those are very successful people in football, uh, well beyond Myers and GAR and, and just successful people in life. And they come back to their high schools to help end one era and start a new one. So remind me, what was that, the 2018 or 2019 season, the final season? It was 2018. 2018. The 2018 season, yeah. So Ryan, tell me a little bit about that season as filmmakers were you kind of embedded with the team for a couple days did you come back and film multiple games uh just what was the access like you know how did you do your boots on the ground reporting yeah well we started off in a summer practice even before double sessions uh just kind of doing some interviews with the players and filming some of the practices and then just moving along, you know, filming the double sessions practices, filming games. I mean, we didn't do every game just because logistically it wasn't possible. But I'd say, I don't know, five, six games during the year and, and trying to go to Myers and GER. Sometimes GER would be playing on a Friday night and Myers would be on Saturday or GER would be playing an away game and Myers would be home. So I would try to do as much as I could. But the focus was um, the build up to the rivalry game, which we knew was going to be the culmination of the whole uh, you know, the story, that rivalry game was really something special. The entire, first of all, the tickets were sold out months in advance, which, uh, you know, we had never seen in a, a Myers GR game. And uh, because of the limited seating, there was only so many tickets they could sell. I bet you they probably would have sold a couple thousand more if they had more seats. But just being a part of that, seeing the tickets being sold, seeing the school spirit in both the schools, seeing the pep rallies and the bonfires for both schools and then filming that final game, which uh, not only did alumni come come back from all around the country, but um, it was just uh, a game that lived up to all of what Myers and GR 
was. You you saw the you know both both teams putting their heart on their sleeve and playing you know for their communities and playing for their schools and putting everything on the line and giving everything they had. It was uh, raining that day. It was the terrible weather. I'm really lucky with the, the the fact that I mean Ryan. I remember Ryan called me and he's basically like, "Look, I just found out Myers and are playing. It could be the last game, and I'm going to film it." And this is what it was, just him by himself. And I was like, "You know, that's awesome. Yeah, I hope you get something really cool out of it." Um, it ended up not being the last game. So while Ryan was there, you know, we then had sort of a whole year's heads up on the, the fact that, okay, they're not going to close this year. It's going to be next year. But it gave us a whole year advance notice to say, okay, how do we do this? How do we execute this? You know, what days can we go? What, you know, what weekends do you have open that we can go, go shoot a game? Um, what weekend can we go just meet some, you know, interview teachers, interview players? So we did, we broke it up a lot, but it was all sort of leading up to knowing that, this this final game was on the schedule now and uh and let's try to make it as big as we can so while it was all just kind of us guerrilla style going with cameras and just kind of shooting what we could throughout the year that last game we tried to get as many cameras in the game i think we had like five or six cameras and a drone and the whole deal and try to make it as big of a production as we could of course that was the day it rained yeah, of course it rained and like you said it, it it lived up, it exceeded the expectations. And maybe the expectations weren't even that high because GAR was one and eight at that point. And Myers was like six and three district playoff front runner. I mean, they really throw the record out the window that Myers GAR game. It doesn't matter. I mean, you know, GAR being, well, they, they were one and eight, um, you know, they want to come in and mess up Myers season. They want to come up and, you know, do what they can to, you know, to, it's the funny thing because it's a cliche in a way like oh throw away the records but when a team is one and eight you tend to not take them as serious i mean i think it's just it's just human nature and i'm not saying myers didn't take them serious but i think they were confident going into the game and everyone i you know everybody we talked to from you know every, all the adults everybody that was an alumni knew that oh it's not going to be this is not going to be a runaway but anyone that knows that rivalry knows that that game can go either way i mean ryan's record was three and oh with them the, the years that he played mine was zero and three <laughs> so you just there's always going to be a fight that game it's always going to be a battle and sure enough it lived up to every hype that we can it's, imagine it seriously did i just wanted to say spoiler alert Myers beat GAR 21 to 14, but that's not even the spoiler. You know, you watch the film for, uh, yeah. for the filmmaking aspects and to learn about the history. So that covers how you shot the final game, the final season. How about the interviews? Who did you talk with? You mentioned talking to uh, teachers and people inside the schools, but when it comes to some of the more well-known alumni, um, Matt, who were some of the people that you talked to that, people might be interested to hear from. Well, we were lucky to have, uh, like Ryan had mentioned earlier, our friend and former coach, Gene Maffei, who was our neighbor down the street growing up. And we reconnected with him. He knows everybody. He's friends with Scrap. Um, you know, he's still in touch with Rocket and all those guys. He was Rocket's quarterback. And Rocket was a sophomore, I think. And uh, I could be wrong about that. But Gene helped us connect with a lot of these guys. Um, uh, a lot of the players that I know are still in town. The players that I played with are still in town and know a lot of the older players just from, you know, connecting with them over the years. So they hooked me up. Like my friend Joe Mashinsky hooked us up with Daryl Boych. Through him, we met a whole bunch of other, you know, he got a bunch of his guys out um, that he played with. 
Um, Todd Moles, the same way. It was just kind of like we knew someone who knew someone. But but over time, the word kind of got out that, you know, the, that there's these two guys, these two Myers alum that are making this movie. Um, so by the time we would get to people like Todd Moles, he had heard that, that we were doing this, was more than willing to open up and talk to us about it. So, you know, like once we said, once the word got out, it was it was great. People knew we were coming. It was just a matter of sort of getting them, finding that uh, contact and getting them and, and setting the time to make it happen. There are some great alumni like Mickey Dudish that we talked to, um, played for the University of Maryland from Myers. We talked to Paul Jefferson, who played for Penn State from GER. You know, people that are still in the community, like Jeff Labach, who is he was the, the final coach of Myers, but he was the quarterback when I played. So we we had this kind of great relationship with not only the alumni, but the current teams. Um, GER coach Paul Weidlich played for GER against me when I was in high school. So it's it was just a, an amazing experience to be able to talk to all these people. And even it's that real. personal connection, like Shakir was a student of a good friend of mine from high school who now teaches at GER. He had Shakir as a student and they became really close as just, you know, student and teacher. Um, so my friend Todd was able to really introduce me to Shakir and get to know him on a personal level before we even sat down to talk to him so there is this this personal this connection that uh that you wouldn't have if we were just filmmakers calling up a a, a former pro athlete trying to get an interview with them these are people that that care about the same things they care about and are telling the story for that reason yeah rocket even jokes to us that uh oh man i didn't really want to have to do this interview but when i knew you guys were mohawks i was like i have to help you guys out <laughs> so it's you, feel uh, honored. you really feel honored but and we feel the same way it's like you know in doing this whole thing we've tried to reach out to the community and some of the younger alumni from myers and jr to sort of help us do this thing some people helping with graphic design or with uh, social media support so you know it's like we realize there's all these people out there that care as much as we do about the story and want to see it told so it's really about building this uh, coalition of people that want to see this get done. And Ryan, where are you now with the movie? You just had kind of a sneak peek over Thanksgiving. Where are you? Is the movie completed? Is it in post-production? Uh, just where, and when can people see it? Well, we're in post-production now. And part of the reason we wanted to do the Thanksgiving event, um, and for those of you that don't know, we had a Thanksgiving sneak peek event um, that you can uh, go to hustleandharmonymovie.com and find information about. It's still, it's still available. Um, our idea was that it takes time. I mean, like, like you said, it was 2018 when that last game ended. When you're making an independent film, you have to squeeze it in in your off time. And having, you know, I've got three little kids. I've got a, you know, regular, uh, you know, job. And then, and then life gets in the way. So you have to find time. And uh, it's not easy, but, you know, it's what we love. So we, we do find the time. But uh, I would say the film is in post-production. We wanted to be able to show people some stuff because we're very excited about all the footage we have. But um, it's going to take time and it's going to take some resources. So uh, that was part of the reason, you know, to get some, some stuff out there, get people interested, let people know what we're working on, and then hopefully build a team of people that want to see this made and hopefully want to help. I'll just kind of tee this question up for both of you, maybe starting with you, Matt. Uh, it is a lot of time that you have to, you basically have to become obsessive about a subject when you're making a film, writing a book, something like this. And I think that this turned out to be 
kind of a healthy obsession for the two of you. It seems like you really do live, eat and breathe it. Just looking back on the process, still, you got to look forward a little bit, but looking back on it, Matt, just what are your thoughts on the project? I mean, I couldn't be more proud of where I came from, of what this project is and the story that it tells. And and also the more that I've talked to other people or, you know, about the, what we're doing, you start realizing this, this is happening in small towns all around our country and, or has already happened. And, you know, I think if anything, it would inspire people to want to preserve the history of their towns and to find out more about the schools where they came from. And, uh, you know, realize that if, you know, if the, you could have a rival cross town that you've you know grown to hate for years and years and those people you realize aren't so much different from you i think that's a message that i think society can use overall right now so very proud of just having discovered all of this stuff that we would never would have discovered having not gotten back into this world and ryan same to you i mean i've said this before but i honestly believe that the best people in my life the people that i love the most are either from wilkes or are still in Wilkesbury currently, and and um, my best friends are are my friends from Myers. Not only has it been a great experience being able to go back, but it's it's an opportunity to kind of re-examine all that stuff. I mean, the glory days has kind of like a negative connotation. Like if you're living in the glory days, you're not moving forward in your life. Um, but it was kind of an interesting thing to look back and say, no, like these are these are foundational years. You know, when when you're becoming the person that you will become. And when I look back to those years and to the people that, that kind of helped form me as, as a person and to, and to, you know, think about the experiences, it's, um, it puts it in a different perspective. And you look back and say, it, it was not only a great experience, but it was something that kind of informed everything else. Um, and then you look at, like Matt said, the, the things about like, oh, who were these people from GER? The people that we hated, why did we hate them? You know, think about those kind of things. Think about uh, football as a sport. I got so much from it as a game, but now, you know, we know about brain injuries and CTE and things like that. And, you know, I have two boys and would I want them to play football? I mean, that's something I think about too. Um, and I don't know the answer to that, <laughs> but, uh, but it just, it brings up all these questions and, um, and I think that by examining these things, hopefully it, it creates, a, I don't know, an interesting story. That's hopefully- see that these, these traditions and values aren't isolated within a brick and mortar building. You know, these traditions and values, they grow, they continue to spread and they will continue to grow. Awesome. Well, I think that was very well said by both of you. I want to end on kind of a fun note here. If you're going out, in South Wilkesbury, and you're just uh, gonna play a game of football on the concrete, and you need to pick two or three GAR or Myers legends to have on your team. Matt, who, who are some of the guys that you want on your side? It's, I mean, it's tough because you know there's so many great players. It, I mean, I, I would go with the the go tos. I would say, I mean, Kadri and Rocket because they're just you know they're just our boys and we love them. Um, scrap two, Harold Jackson, I played against, you know, so I got to witness firsthand the power behind his hitting. And, uh, <laughs> I would definitely want that guy on my team. And Ryan, how about you? Uh, I mean, it, if this was a draft, he just took like the top four picks, but that's all right. It's, it's a tough one. It's a tough one. You said three for each side. <laughs> yeah. It's uh, something like that. Just a couple. Um, of so, so there's a couple of, you know, players that I played with, 
Uh, Marvin Wilson, I would definitely have to have on there. Quentin Harris, who ended up going to the NFL. I would say uh, Phil Ostrowski, who also played in the NFL. So there's three Myers guys. For GR, um, I would say I have to go with Mickey Gorham, since uh, he's, you know, legend, GR legend. Um, I would probably have to go with uh, uh, Manuel de Graffenried, who, uh, you know, played with Harold Jackson, was also a great running back. Um, and maybe uh, I would have to go with Alex Janoski as the quarterback, just because nice. uh, he played against me and he was, he was pretty awesome. That would so, be a fun uh, yeah. team to uh, create on Madden or NCAA. The there you one. go. I, think I, may, I may have done a, an all-star Myers team on Madden one year. <laughs> <laughs> I don't blame you. I've done that a couple times too. Um, <laughs> well, guys, this was a lot of fun. Um, just want to thank you for coming on the podcast to uh, talk about uh, the, the documentary. Can't wait to see it. Thank you, Matt. It's been a pleasure. It's really awesome. All right, everyone, that's the interview. Thank you for listening, and thanks again to Matt and Ryan Mayers for joining me here on NEPA Sports Stories. Again, you could show NEPA Sports Stories some love and support by sharing our links, by telling a friend about this episode, by following us on social media, and subscribing to our podcast and leaving a five-star rating and review. You don't have to do all of that. Uh, Just tell somebody and uh, subscribe to the podcast. That would be plenty. So... Glad to be back, and we will see you next time on NEPA Sports Stories.